0: Isn't, uh, isn't it just good to sit in the presence of God and be reminded of how he loves us? Yeah. yeah. And, and just to be reminded that, like, of, of the lengths that God goes to remind us of his love for us. Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah? yeah. Thank you, uh, Brandy and Luke and worship team. Uh, appreciate you guys. Um, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to the edge. Happy, happy Cinco de Mayo. I, I feel like Cinco de Mayo is sort of like quickly becoming like like Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know? Uh, like everybody, like I, I when I, like ten years ago, like I, nobody knew what it was, and like everyone celebrates it now. So now it's like, hey man, what are you doing for Cinco de Mayo? I was like, I didn't even, I didn't know it was Cinco de Mayo. So, anyways, Happy Cinco de Mayo. Welcome to the Edge Church. <clears throat> My name is Steve Vanden, I'm one of the pastors here. Um, uh, first thing I want to say uh, this morning is just thank you, um, Edge Church family. Uh, really just grateful this morning for uh, your prayers, uh, grateful to many of you for, for just your encouragement, and, um, and really just to say that, that it is, it's a joy, um, it's an honor, it's a privilege to be able to walk with you. Uh, and, and to be able to journey together in what God has for us. And so I also want to just remind you this morning that, that if you're here, um, there's stuff that you're wrestling with. There's things that, that have been stirred up in you. Uh, there's questions that you have. Uh, I want to just remind you that, that myself, the elder team, we'd love to meet with you. We'd love to sit down with you. We'd love to help you process. And so I just invite you to, uh, even after service, come talk to me. Uh, or if you'd like, you can always send us a message, uh, elders at We'd love to follow up with you. Um, <clears throat> this morning, we are continuing on in our series for 2019 that we're calling The Reset. Uh, most of you guys know this. We have been in this series since February. Uh, we're going to be in this series all the way until Advent. And, and this series is really built on, on getting us to this foundation and getting us back to sort of the basics of, our, of the essence of our faith and our walk in Christ that, that is built upon the great commandment of Jesus to love God with all and to love our neighbor as ourselves and, and the great commission for our faith to go and, and to spread the good news of the love and grace and truth of Jesus Christ to every person on the planet. And that's really where we're going. And specifically this morning, we are continuing from where Neil kicked us off last week, and that is in loving God with all of our strength. Uh, I know that even as I say that this morning, maybe some of you uh, are like me, and you would say, man, I don't know that I have a whole lot of that to give. Anybody in that place this morning? Here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to stand with me. Um, I'm going to pray for us. Uh, but Brandy said something, too, that um, I think is just always the place for us to come back to. And, and that is that no matter where we go in God's word and what God invites us into, the starting place for all of it is that, that the beginning, the place we can't let go of is that God loves us. And, and so if, we're, if you're here this morning and you go, man, I don't know that I have a lot of strength. I feel kind of undone. I feel kind of overwhelmed. I feel kind of stressed out. I feel like a lot of things. I feel heavy. I feel weighted. Then the good news is is that you don't start with your strength. You start by leaning into his strength. Amen? And so here's what I want to do. I want to invite you just to close your eyes. And I want to just read something that Isaiah said to the people of God as we get started. He said this, it says, Do you not know and have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power Of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord, who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Say that again. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Father, we come before you this morning, God, declaring that you are the everlasting God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of every single person in this room. And God, I thank you this morning, Lord, that you're never tired, you're never weary, you never sleep or slumber. And God, that no matter where we are this morning, that God, no matter how tired we feel, God, no matter how overwhelmed we may feel, Lord God, that our strength, that we can have renewed strength as we wait upon you, as we, as we look to you, as we hope in you. And so God, I just pray this morning, even just now in this moment, Holy Spirit, that you would minister a renewed hope in you and a hope, God, not just for who you are, but for what you're doing and what you want to do. God, I pray that this morning that we would have ears to hear from you. Do you want to hear from the Lord this morning? You just invite him, just tell him, God, I want to hear from you this morning. Just tell him, Lord, would you speak to my heart this morning? God, I thank you that you love to speak to us. Father, I thank you, God, that you're present. God, I thank you that your word is true. Lord, I pray that we can receive your word this morning with joy, God, that we can look upon you with hope, and Father, that that we can grab hold of this morning, God, everything that you would have for us. So God, I pray that we would not miss a thing of what you want to say. God, I I thank you that not a word from your word is, is wasted, God, that your word always accomplishes its purpose. So God, come and have your way in us as we open your word. In Jesus' name, amen. can I have a seat. Um, so we're in this series and we're walking through together the, the great commandment of Jesus. And most of us are familiar with this and most of us have heard it maybe more than almost any other scripture in our life, I, I sort of feel like the Great Commandment is kind of a John 3:16, right? Like you don't have to be a Christian to have heard this before, uh, but 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 the essence of it is is so significant, and important to us and the life of us as Christians, because what Jesus does is he takes all of these things, all these words of God, all these prophecies and laws, and all of this stuff, and he says, listen. There's a lot of stuff that God has said. There's a lot of things that, that God has revealed. But there's one thing above all things that is for you to know. There's one invitation to you that is greater than all the others. And it is, a, it is the invitation to, in response to the love of God, to in turn love God. And to love God with all that you are. It, right? We, we read this in Mark chapter 12, 30. We've read this many times. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all of your strength, right? Love God with all. That's the highest and greatest and most significant commandment from Jesus that, that, that there ever could be. It's the first one and the greatest one. And, and so we've talked about our heart and what it looks like to, to love God with our heart. We talked about our Mind And what does it look like to love God with our, our mind? And now we're transitioning to talk about what does it look like and what does it mean to love God with all of our strength. What, what's our strength anyway? Th- this word uh, strength here in the Hebrew, it literally means variness or muchness. Okay, uh, in, in the uh, Greek, it's actually translated as power. And in the Aramaic, it's translated as wealth. But, but all of the words are, are essentially pointing to the same thing. And what it's saying to us is, is your strength is all that God has given. Okay, Your, your strength includes your physical strength. Your strength includes your, your gifts and your, your talents and, and your abilities. It includes your capacity. Uh, it, it includes even your resources. It's everything that God has granted to you is your strength that is meant to be used as a response to, for, of the love of God to love him in return. And so if you remember, as we've been digging into this study, one of the things that we've been doing is, is as we've stepped into each one of these spaces, we've been giving you an identity statement, a, a something for you to think about, to meditate on, to hold on to, um, and, and so if you remember, we gave you a heart statement, and, and our heart statement was that, that God loves me, right, and God wants to be with me. That's, that's for us to hold on to. If I, if I remember anything about loving God with, with all my heart, it's that God loves me and he wants to be with me. And, and we talked about then, we gave you a mind statement, right, and our mind statement was that God is who he says he is, and I am who he says I am. Right, and so if I want to think about if I'm thinking about my mind and my thoughts on God, well, where I want to get centered and I want to be focused is is I want to believe, I want to know here, right, that God is who He says He is, and I am who He says I am. And here's our strength statement. You can write this one down if you'd like. Uh, here, here's our strength statement: All that I am, and all that I have, is a gift from God to steward for His glory. All that I am, all that I have, that, 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 the stuff that I got, all of it is a gift from God meant for me to steward for his glory. Who you are and what you have, that's the all of you. That, that's your person and your possessions. That, that, that's recognizing that all of it, everything is a gift of God's love, and his grace, and his goodness, and his power, and all of it has been given to you to be stewarded. That that word literally means to be cared for, to be utilized, okay, for God's glory and his purpose. Colossians 1 verse 16, it says it like this. It says, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Okay, do you see that? Everything is made by him and everything is made for him. The things that you see and even the things you don't see, the things that are on the outside and the things that are on the inside, everything has been created by God. But not just by him, all of it has been created for him. One of the great challenges and frustrations that we tend to have and and people often do in their life and in their walk with God comes from this place of thinking that our life is by us and for us. It, that, that it's our life to own and to do with as we please. It's my life, it's my body, it's my time, it's my talents, it's my abilities, it's my stuff, it's my money, it's my things, it's my, it's my whatever. And, and, then we, and then asking ourselves in response to our stuff, what do I feel like doing with my stuff? Yeah? What God's word says to us though is that everything belongs to God. And so you and I are, in fact, owners of of nothing. We're simply stewards of that which already belongs to God. Here's what Psalm 24, verse 1 and 2 tells us plainly. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and he established it on the waters. It's just saying to us again, listen, everything belongs to God and all of it belongs to God because he made all of it. He, he, he founded it. He established it. Nobody gave God anything. All of it was already his. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't give somebody what already belongs to them. It, it, it's theirs from the beginning. They're the rightful owner of what that is, okay? And, and so, so that includes you and me. He's saying, like, look, it's not just the stuff that you think about, the earth. It's in all and even the people in it. Everything. Not just for us, right? It's all for us to steward for Him. Okay, it's all His. Are we getting that? Is that clear? It's all His. Okay, and God gives to us because He loves us, and God gives to us because He wants to share His goodness with us, and God wants to walk with us in every single part of our life. I think one of the most amazing things about God is that God doesn't need us to do anything, but He wants us to be with Him in everything. Isn't that amazing? Like, God, if God just wanted to do it all, He could be like, Look, guys, I'm good. I got this. I'm going to take. But, like, God's like, No, no, no. I want to I share this with you. I, I, wanna, I want you to experience this with me. I want you to know what this is like. I want to give you this opportunity. I want you to show, I show you more of who I am by allowing and giving you this great gift that then I'm going to invite you to steward. I'm, I'm going to invite you to steward for your own joy and for my glory. God is amazing, okay? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says it like this. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That, that's what it's all about. That with everything, in everything, we are glorifying God. We are making much of who he is, okay? Now, now, now when it comes to this idea of being a steward, God, God gives some clear instructions to stewards okay in first corinthians 4 2 it says to us it says now it is required that those who have been given a trust that word literally means steward okay like like it's interpret it's a steward. that, that those who are a steward must prove faithful okay the, the requirement for a steward is faithfulness that, that, that's the requirement now embedded in that word, uh, in in the Greek, is also uh, um, uh, a form of the word house, and and it would have made sense to the readers then because the the, the reference there um, that would have been used was, and the idea would have been of a household manager who, uh, in the ancient Greek world, handled the affairs of an owner, and that household manager was accountable then to that owner for everything that they did with the owner's possessions. Jesus really expresses this very same idea in the parable of the talents. Everybody heard of the parable of the talents? Okay, if you're, if you're not familiar, you can read that in Matthew 25 or Luke 19. I'd encourage you to check that out maybe sometime this week. But, but, but essentially, what Jesus does is he explains how God is the owner... Who, in a parable, who gives talents, who gives gifts, who gives things to mankind, uh, to steward, right? And, and, and the idea that he shares in the story is that one day, he as the owner, he as the king, he is the one it all belongs to, is going to come back and he's going to ask you as the steward to give an account for what he has entrusted to you. The real question then for us about when it comes to our strength is... That, then God, what do you want me to do with what belongs to you? What, what what do you want me to do with this strength that you have given? If it's already yours, if it belongs to you, it, the, 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 my first question isn't what do I feel like doing? It's not how do I want this to go. It's God, what do you want with what you have given? And, and so, so this morning I want to talk a little bit about uh one of the very first strengths that God has given to us and that is our body our physical being okay I know that that was the first thing you were hoping when you woke woke up this morning you were like I want to go to church and talk about my body um right like some of us are like I don't ever talk about it ever like I don't bring that up ever, anywhere, right? Uh, Oftentimes though in church, I think sometimes if we're honest, we sort of bypass certain topics and and things and go like, let's just talk about our spirit, you know, because primarily some things make us uncomfortable and that's understandable. Uh, um, And other times it's just that we don't think it matters all that much. And so when it comes to something like our body, when it comes to sort of like our physical being, our physical health, we either kind of go like, let's not go there, that's uncomfortable, I don't want to be uncomfortable, or we go like, does it really matter? I mean, seriously, like, like, isn't it just about the heart, how you feel on the inside, making sure your beliefs are right and good? Like, does that matter in the grand scheme of things? In the great commandment, Jesus shows us that it matters to God. In fact, he puts it in the category of one of the most important things, uh, Jesus doesn't compartmentalize our life into like, hey, this stuff is spiritual, but this stuff doesn't matter. Jesus is like, you know what matters? All of it. The all of you and everything that you've been given. Your, your heart, yeah. Your mind, yeah. Your soul and your emotions, of course. Your strength, your body, your, the, the, the stuff that God's given you to exert, yeah, that matters too. And because all of it matters to God, then the truth is that it really ought to matter to us. And so, how can we steward our being, our body, for the glory of God? I want to give you just first three motivations for why. Okay, three reasons for why you and I should steward our body for the glory of God. Here's the first one. You can write that down. Firstly, is because my body belongs to God. Why? Why should I take care of my body? Why? Why should I steward this vessel? Because it's not mine. It's His. Now, now, that's not something you're going to hear oftentimes in culture. You're not going to read about it in any fitness magazines because naturally we rebel against this idea. We are taught all over the place that our body is ours to do with what we want. But God steps in and he says, mm, No, actually, that's not true. It's not yours to do with whatever you want, it's mine for you to do with what I want. The psalmist reminds us, Psalm 139, 13-16 to 16, when we talk about our body and talk about God. He says, for you created, talking about God, my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your being, my being, every person on the planet was created by God and all of us were made for him like Colossians said to us God made us he made our physical being and he did so with a purpose God never makes anything on accident everything God creates is intentional and it's purposeful okay and and it tells us here that that God's already written the story God's already planned what he has for your life like he knows what he has for your life your calling your destiny so, so we don't get to say it doesn't matter what I do with my body because it does matter what I do with the body God has given me to steward. Your, your spirit and your body matter to God. Here, here's the second motivation or reason for why we ought to care for physical bodies. Uh, my body is a temple for God, the Holy Spirit. Like... It's weird to even sort of just stop and think about that for, for a second. But that, like, not only is my body a gift from God to be used for the purposes of God, but God himself lives in me. That's crazy to really think about and consider. Okay, The Apostle Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 20. He says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior by grace through faith, God puts his spirit inside of you and your body becomes a temple for God. Isn't that wild? Like God resigns in you and then your responsibility in that and mine is to take care of that temple. It's to take care of the place where where God dwells, okay? It's to steward it well because one day, Jesus has already said, we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account to him for how we cared for what he gave us. Do you think God cares about where he lives? Do you think he cares about how we take care of that or how we don't? Now listen to me because this is important, okay? God is not evaluating you according to someone else. He's not, and he's not evaluating your body according to someone else's body, okay? Like, like you, you don't have to be anybody else but you. God, God made you purposefully, and he made you how you are and who you are, and he did that on purpose. He, he gave you the body that he gave to you, and he did that with a purpose. And so you don't have to look at somebody else ever and say, well, uh, I, I'm supposed to be like that. No, no, you're not supposed to be them. If you were supposed to be them, God would have made you them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're supposed to be you, and you're not going to give an account for someone else's physical being. You're going to give an account for yours. So so, so a question for you this morning, and just something to consider. How are you doing at taking care of God's temple? How, how, How are you doing at caring for the temple of God where the Spirit lives? Are you honoring Him with your body? Here's the third motivation. My body is a vessel for God's work. Okay, so if you didn't know this, I'm gonna tell you that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. If you didn't know that, you, you got to know that. God made you and He made you on purpose, and God made you for a purpose. There is a calling that God has upon your life. There is a work of God for you to do. God wants you to reach people with His love and grace and truth. God has a mission for your life, and He has uniquely created you to affect this world in ways other people will not and cannot. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that we are God's masterpiece created uh, in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. First Corinthians 5.19 says that we're God's ambassadors to the world, that God is making his appeal through us. Jesus commissioned to us in Matthew chapter 28 is to go into all of the world and make disciples, is to share the good news of God. All of us have a call, a mission for our life, given to us by God, for the gospel to be displayed both in and through us because there is work that God has invited us into to partner with and share in. And guess what? If you don't take care of your body, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, One of the things that 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 I think is a challenge for some Christians, um, is that it wouldn't really matter for them if God told them what he had for them to do, because they don't actually even have the energy to do it. When I was on the mission field, one of the things that I loved about going was, um, as we would always gather, our director would say, hey, make sure you're drinking plenty of water, and make sure you're eating, even if you don't feel like it. Even if, you, even, if, even if you don't feel like it, even if you're sort of like, but I don't like the food, even if you're like, because you need to be nourishing your body. And this is what he'd say. He'd say, because if you don't, you are hindering the work that God wants to do through you here. And I love that. It was like this reminder. It wasn't like, just don't take care. Like there's something God's after and he wants to do. And don't you be a stumbling block. Don't you be a roadblock to the work that God wants to bring forth. So consider this, are you helping or are you hindering the work that God wants to do through your life by how you're caring for yourself, for your physical being, for how you're caring for your body? Are you helping that work? Are you you positioning yourself for the work that God's called you to? Or are you actually getting in the way of it? Three, Three reasons for why. My body belongs to God. My, my, my body is a temple for his spirit, and there's a work that God wants to do. This body is a vessel. Uh, now, now, I want to just give you three, I, w- I just want to give you just three practical things you can do, okay? And this isn't rocket science, but, but, but it's an invitation to you, okay? Uh, what, what can I do practically? How can I honor God with my body? How can I steward this vehicle, this vessel well unto the glory of God? What can I do in response to that? Here's the first one. This is really simple, and some of you guys are going to love this. Okay, Uh, one thing you can do is honor God with your sleep. Anybody like to sleep in here? Yeah. Some of you guys who are like newer parents are like, I haven't slept in four years. You know, like, like you dream about sleep. Like that that's like a, sounds like vacation to you. Some of you guys, you wouldn't get out of bed all day if you didn't have to go to work or do something else, right? Like, like you love sleep. Lots of people love sleep, okay? But sleep is actually something that God created for our bodies to do, and it's essential for our well-being. Sleep actually, statistically, scientifically, is proven that, that sleep improves memory, that sleep lowers stress, that sleep helps to combat uh, disease, uh, that it increases your longevity, it actually increases the, your life expectancy when you have the right amount of sleep. So, so we ought to approach sleep as if our life depended on it because it does, okay? Okay. Um, Like sleep is a God ordained, God given activity for our survival. Uh, Think about this for a minute. You actually spend a third of your entire life sleeping. Like, like, and God set it up that way, which is sort of weird, right? Like, like, God made like a third of your entire life for you to be at rest. I think what's also interesting about the fact that God made us to sleep is the fact that He never does right like we were created in the image and likeness of God but but God made us to sleep and to require it but we have a God who never sleeps nor slumbers psalm says so, so so what is that why why is that so significant for us well what, what I love about that and I think what God does even in our sleep is he reminds us we're not god Okay, so, so, so God gives us sleep because maybe if we didn't sleep, we'd think we had it all and we were capable of it all and we could do it all and the world needs me and I can't ever go to sleep because if I don't, the world stops turning and things stop happening. And God's like, nope, you're going to need to go to sleep and what you're going to find when you wake up, it's all still there. You know what I'm saying? Life happened, it went on, the world turned, things happened with nothing you did, nothing you didn't, you weren't even conscious of it and it went forward because you're not God I am. Isn't that good news? I mean, I don't know. It's good news to me that God's God and I'm not, okay? Um, and and so, so sleep is a gift from God. So, so, when, so sometimes we're tempted to think bigger of ourselves than we ought, and God's like, look, go to sleep, you know? Now now again, this doesn't just mean we sleep whenever we feel like it, right? Because the point is to honor God, and the purpose is always to obey the Spirit and not our flesh, which means that we have to be listening for what God is saying. But sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is go to bed. That's like the most spiritual thing that you can do. In a culture that, that glorifies self-sufficiency and workaholics, there is a time that God says, look, it's time to close the door. It's time to turn off the light. It's time to shut down all your media stuff and Facebook and whatever and close your eyes and go to sleep. Because God's not dependent upon you to accomplish his work. Okay? He gives us the joy of partnering with him in it. But he could do it all by himself, and he just reminds us of that every time we sleep. Hey, I love you. I love being this with you. Go to sleep. Let me show. You. Let me remind you. I'm God. I got this. It's okay. Now, 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 for others of us, that, it might actually mean that the most spiritual thing you can do is get out of bed. Okay, <laughs> like, like, don't take. Some of you guys are like, look, uh, you go home and be like, look, Pastor said I gotta sleep. Uh, so, hey, thank you. I, I gotta go to bed. You know, uh, that's where I want to be. But Right? Like, the, the, the gift of sleep is not for our own self-indulgence, okay? It's for the sake of our worship and our witness. And, and, and a big part of that happens in our work that, that was mandated by God all the way back in Genesis, right? Like, that, that God gave us work to do for his glory, but he gave us sleep so that we could be prepared to do it. So, so sleep doesn't exist. It's not just given to us for our comfort. It's actually given to us for God's glory, to prepare us, to enable us, to strengthen us, okay? And so sleep, like, like every gift from God, is meant to be stewarded rightly. And sometimes, yeah, that means forsaking sleep for a season, okay? like So, so some of us, we need to get out of bed because God says don't be lazy. Some of us need to actually go to bed because we think everything depends on us. And some of us are just in a season where our season that God has planted us is to, is to get less sleep, okay? We got, we got new parents in the room, We've had new babies, like, every other month, you know, some, some, like, it, you just know, when you have a baby, no one has a kid and goes like, well, it's going to be a great season of rest and sleep, right? Right, 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 new parents, I see baby strollers around, right, like, you, you don't feel like that, you kind of almost gear up and you're like, well, we're not going to get a lot of sleep uh well it's going to be a challenge right like like there are seasons of your life where god has placed you where you already know you're not going to sleep as not uh, 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 as much maybe you're in a season where you're battling an illness or you're battling a disease and you you some infection, something that causes you, maybe, maybe you're in a season where god just has you warring in prayer and you're in this spiritual season and the call of god for you is like hey you're going to get less sleep right now uh, but that's for this season for something that i want to do and the idea is that you're sort of setting aside this regular sleep for something else that God is inviting you into and, and for you to learn about something Paul said where he said, listen, I'll boast in my weakness then because even when I'm weak, God's strong. And we learn that through those seasons as well, that, that God's grace is sufficient, right, for the season that we find ourselves in because his power is made perfect in our weakness. So that's, a, that, that, that's the first practical thing, sleep, okay? Honor God with your sleep. Here's the second one. Uh, honor God with your consumption, okay? Like God made our bodies, uh, God lives in them, and God wants to work through them, and God cares then what we put into it. Uh, uh, the good news is that God cared about food long before McDonald's or Whole Foods came around. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like God, God, God had a plan about food long before you, you and I were like sweet burgers or like sweet kale, you know what I mean? Like, like, God was on that. And one of the very first provisions that God gave in his creation was the provision for food. Actually, he gave that provision right after he gave Adam and Eve the assignment to work. Okay? So, so he gave them this assignment to subdue the earth, right, and to fill it. And, and then God gave them provision. He gave them this provision to empower them, to, to sustain them, to nourish them, and to energize their bodies for worship and for, for their witness, for the work of God. Like, is that how you think about what you're consuming? Do you think about the things that you're putting into your body as a way of fueling your being for the worship of God and your witness to the world? Does that even cross your mind? Or do you just kind of just sort of do whatever you want, right? Whatever you feel, whatever is good in the moment. I mean, our culture has so many different ideas and, and values when it comes to food. Um, and some... some Uh, kind of uh calls from the culture to us are like look do whatever's easy okay do whatever's fast right because you got more important things to do so if it's easy it's fast do that you got your life is really important some of some of it's sort of like look do what's cheapest you got better ways to spend your money okay so if it's cheap get it don't worry about it it's going to be okay right right some of it is just do whatever tastes the best like do do whatever you like the most okay you don't like that don't do that it doesn't taste good to you don't eat that Oh, it tastes good to you? Eat that. We know that's a problem, right? Like, if my kids only ate what they thought tasted good, they'd be dead already. I mean, that's, like, w- w- most of them wouldn't have lived past, like, three, you know? So, because all they want to eat is cookies and candy all day, every day, and nothing else, nothing. They think everything else is terrible and from the devil. Um, and some of us are kind of like that, right? Like, like some of us sort of operate in our consumption like that. We're like, oh, man, no, no, this is what's good, Okay? And now, I'm not saying, too, I mean, some of the message of culture is like, look, be healthy, right? Like, like do what is healthy. Uh, but, but sometimes the message that, that gets sent through that isn't so much about having anything to do with glorifying God. It really has to do with glorifying us. And so it's not like, hey, be healthy to the glory of God. It's like, be healthy so people pay attention to you. Be, be healthy so people like you. Be healthy so that you're noticed. Be healthy that you feel good about yourself kind of a thing. All right? But God says, honor me. With what you consume. Don't don't use food or drink as a your comfort or as your escape or, or where you turn to to deal with your, your emotions or the things that you're feeling. Come to me for all of that, because at the end of the day, none of that's gonna ultimately satisfy you anyway, but I will. This is why Jesus declares in John 6:35, he says, I'm the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never go hungry, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. How many of you know Jesus isn't talking about actually eating and drinking? He's not like, look, good news is you'll never need to eat or drink anything again, right? Like you he, he's saying, look, at the end of the day, nothing you eat or drink is ever going to truly satisfy you. It's not ever going to really fulfill your life. So don't look to those things to fulfill your life. Look to me to fulfill your life. Look to me to satisfy your life. Run after. Let me be the place where you run to when you're all out of sorts, when you need comfort, when when you're dealing with your emotions and your feelings because that's where you're going to really find fulfillment. Food is a a gift from God for us to enjoy, to nourish and to sustain us and to fuel us for our worship and our witness. And there are times to feast and there are times to fast. Okay, but, but in all of those seasons, in all of those times, we're meant to do that to the glory of God. And I love that because at the end of the book, in Revelation chapter uh, 19, it tells us that one day all of us are going to be sitting around the marriage supper, supper of the Lamb. And so that I, I, it, it just reminds me, like God's, I, I feel like God's big on eating. You know? He's like, look, because when you get to heaven, it's going to be a big party, lots of stuff, lots of food. You know? It'll be the best stuff you ever had. Okay, so like, like I think God's on that. But, but, but until that day, we, we, we run with perseverance, right? Like we run with perseverance fueling our bodies to the glory of God and for the good of others. And we fight the temptation in our bodies to dethrone God with our eating or drinking either by too much or too little. Okay, so, so that's the second thing. We honor God with our consumption. Here's the third, last one. Uh, the, honor God with your exercise. Your body was made to move i don 't know if you knew that, but but like your your body was created to move, and in fact, if your body stops moving for too long there 's this thing called atrophy that starts to set in where it actually starts to kill your body, like your muscles are dying at that place because your body was meant to move. Movement and activity are essential for our life and growth and health and even for our own happiness, which is crazy because as you exercise, your brain actually releases a chemical called endorphins, which reduces stress and anxiety and depression and makes you feel happier. It's a euphoric kind of thing. Isn't that amazing? God puts something built into your body that as you move makes you feel better. Only God could come up with this stuff, you know? Amen. And how else is He gonna get us to do it, right? <laughs> like, He's like, look, if you do it, it's gonna, you're gonna feel better, right? Uh, when, when Fitbit came out, you guys know Fitbit was like the first fitness tracker. When the first one came out that you could wear and you're watching, uh, on your wrist in 2013, it, it really helped to change the way that people thought about fitness because, and, and its marketing slogan was, said that every moment matters and every bit makes a big impact because fitness is the sum of your life. Now, now we know that God is the sum of our life, but but I think one of the things that God would say is that that the, our movement, our bodies, our activity it matters, and yes, all of it's meant to work together like like our fitness is not meant to be like the the box that we check to say, "I did something to take care of my body it's something we're meant to live in an awareness of it's not something we're meant to walk in it like just in the same way that that the illustration for god's body um talks about in First Corinthians 12 that, that we are his body and we're all members of it and all those members have to be functioning and working rightly for the body to be what it's meant to be. And that's a perfect picture for just our, our personal physical bodies, that our bodies are meant to function where all the members are being utilized in the way that they're meant to so that our body can be fully what God intended. Understanding for us that, that what we do with our bodies and how we care for them and how we build them up, it's not just a physical exercise, it's a spiritual one. It's not separate from our spirit, it's an act of worship as we are faithfully stewarding what God has given to us for his name and for, uh, for his glory. And, and so for some of us this morning, that, that might mean like, like the invitation to you is like do something, you know, like I'm not, that's not shaming anybody, that's just saying like the invitation is like, hey, today is a good day to start. Tomorrow's a good day. Like, like I can do something. There, you might have limitations, all of us. Again, this isn't about you doing what someone else can do. This is about doing what God has given you to do, okay? And so the invitation is, for you might be like, hey, today, this is a season for me to start. For others of us, it might be like, hey, it's time to slow down a little bit. Like, and the reason you need to slow down it isn't because your exercise isn't good. It's because for you, it's crossed over from a line of glorifying God to idolatry, Right? So, so like, like your self-care and your body is the most important thing even above God. And so the invitation for you might be like, hey, slow down. Put it in its right place. Make sure that, it, that, that the goal is to honor God, not yourself. Make sure that what you're doing and how you're caring for yourself is you're stewarding this vessel that God has given you for his glory. And, and what I love about God always is that every invitation of God isn't just for his glory, it's for our good. So so God's not like, hey, take care of your body because I want to be hard on you. God's like, listen, take care of your body because I love you and and because I want you to experience the fullness of the life I have for you and because I want you to know uh, what it's like to to walk in that and I gave you that body for a specific purpose and I want you to fulfill that. Or or I want you to sleep because I made you to do it because it's good for you, not because because I'm hard on you. And I I want you to wake up sometimes too because there's stuff to do. Right? And, and I want you to be mindful of what you put in your body because because uh, I live there and I care about it. OK. And so what I don't want to do this morning is that I don't want to just say, OK, go do something. And then you'd be like, OK, I don't know what to do. And so actually, my, my good friend, Laura Berkey, is going to come out. Um, and Laura Berkey is going to share a little bit of something that she has coming up to invite you into um, that you can be a part of. And um, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to let you take it.
1: Awesome. Can you hear me? Great. So I'm Laura Berkey, and I'm excited to share with you guys. So, whoop, sorry. Um, many of you know that my husband and I, Taylor Berkey, are taking a sabbatical right now. We're in the middle, smack dab in the middle of that sabbatical season, six months. Um, and it's been really good to slow down from the ministry activities that, that were are um, filling up our lives on a, a daily, weekly basis. And it's been good to step back and give God the space to restore us, refresh us, refuel us. Um, but I I want to say it's not like a Caribbean vacation. It is not a walk in the park uh, season. We still have kids. We still have work. We still have bills. Um, it's, it's still full. But um, as I was thinking about uh, what we get to, to do, I was thinking about um, this season for me, it's not that um, I'm just going to like sleep all the time. It's that God has something next for me. That he's preparing. He's given me, and you guys are gifting us with this season, the six months off of, of the ministry of work because he wants to restore us, he wants to refuel us and, and supply us for that next ministry, that next thing he has for us to do, that call on our lives. And so, um, so this sabbatical season is not is, isn't just resting, it's also um, this strengthening time. So Taylor and I are looking at uh, what are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we doing with our sleep? How are we spending our time? How are we consuming the word so that we are filled up and fueled for whatever God has for us today and for the next that he has for us? Um, and I love how uh, Paul talks about the exertion work of ministry. He, if you want to look it up later, Colossians 1 at the end of the chapter, he talks about these words and throughout, throughout all of his writings, he talks about like blood, sweat, and tears, this great toil, this great labor that he brings because of making Christ known this mission this prize of making Christ known to you and to us right and he fulfilled that he blood sweat and tears he exerted himself and toiled and labor for that great prize um, but I don't know about you what you do when you know you have like a big work coming up um, some some labor or toil say you're say you're gonna train for a half marathon for instance and on the schedule it says run three miles today um, I'll tell you what I do first thing I avoid I think think, well, the weather's not great, not going to go. I don't feel perfect, I don't want to go. Maybe I'll just sit for 20 more minutes, then I'll go, or I'll try to procrastinate the actual work that God has for me to do. So that's what I do. The second thing I might do is I might think of a reward. Okay, well, if I do that, uh, go on that run, then I'm going to grab a big glass of chocolate, overwise chocolate milk, and I'm going to guzzle that as my recovery drink, and that will be my reward. Or, or maybe it's something else, like maybe I'll watch that TV show or whatever. Um, but I don't know, do you guys do that? S- motivate yourself with something that's going to be, make it, make it through that. Um, and then the third thing I will do is I will get on my phone and look for some podcast or some message or songs to really motivate me and really to distract me because the work is so painful. This work is so hard. I don't want to stay in it. I don't want to be in that work. Um, I want to distract myself from it. Anyone else want to do that? That's me. And so um, what I think, I feel like the Lord has been doing this work in me uh, through the practice of yoga is um, because it's more of a static uh, activity or exercise, it's not this great exertion. It's this holding still and being really present and very, very painfully aware of the sensations in your body, um, where what's being stretched, um, may, might pop, might break, um, what's being strengthened, the pain that that feels. Um, and so the invitation that I want to give to you guys is, is this offer of yoga because I feel like um, it's teaching us not to avoid or distract or try to reward ourselves it's teaching us to be really present and aware with it about this body that God's given us and as I've practiced it um sometimes just once a week throughout um the last couple years of my life um I feel like the Lord's gifted me a a stronger self-awareness about what this body needs for fueling. And so I want to invite you guys into that. We have a six-week class starting next Monday, so a week from tomorrow um, on the 13th at 7 o'clock on Monday nights for six weeks. And we're going to meet at Resurrection Church, and we're going to just explore what that feels like. Um, It's it's very worshipful. Um, We it's I practice a kind that's called holy yoga. So we meditate on God's word, um, and we listen to who He says we are, and we worship Him through this practice. And it's for everyone. So. we can, we can fit it for your need. We're going to start at a beginner level, and we're going to add on. And what's great is if you're at beginner level and you stay at beginner level, that's awesome. For six weeks, you are practicing. Maybe it's just upper body. Maybe you sit um, in a chair, and you just do the upper body workout. It's for everyone, um, and we'd love to have you join it if, you, if it works. So I wanted to give you guys a little experience of that. So are you guys um, ready to move a little bit? <laughs> Um, first, let me just say one thing. Yoga means, um, the word, it means to yoke, and it's the yoking together of the movement with the breath. And so as you're moving, you're just taking a single breath, a single movement, right? Um, and I love that vision. I love that because we aren't just bodies, right? Steve has been talking about this. We are not just emotion, soul, spirit. We are all three of these things. And so as we spend time on our mat, Exercising this body and giving Him and, and directing our mind and our attention on Him, and even just being aware of. Wow, I feel I feel scared I'm in this posture. I feel nervous. Why am I anxious right now? You're becoming aware. You're growing this self-awareness that is good for your whole life. And so there's this yoking together, this bringing together that is so good for for all of us. And that's why I think it's just it's just a great thing for everyone to be invited into. So, if you want to stay in your seat, this is we're going to do a little chair yoga for you. If you want to stay in your seat, what I'd like invite you to do is just reach out your hands like this. Um And if that feels a little um, too easy but you want to stay seated, grab your Bible and hold it because that's adding a little weight or maybe a small child. No, don't do that. (sighs) That would be too much. Hold that out. If that's good for you, stay here. We're going to be here for like 60 to 90 seconds, all right? Hold that out. If you want, and most of you can do that. So most of you, please stand up, keep your arms out, and let's take it a little further. Ready? Come on. Come on. All right, lift up your right leg. I'm not going to be able to balance while I'm talking to you guys. Okay, lift up your leg and hold it at a 90-degree angle. And hold those arms out. Can you do it right here? Hold it, hold it. Okay, that's good for you, and you want to keep going. Stay right there, do that, or cross your leg and sit back into it. Woo! Sit back into it. All right, listen to the word here. I'm going to, I'm going to, you keep going. Come on, stay right here. I'll do it too. I just can't balance on one foot while I read to you, okay? Listen, Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay, also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is seated. Right here, we're seated, right? Seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Keep your arms out. Switch legs if you were doing it. Okay, switch legs. Here we go. One more. Keep going. Press in here, right here. Press in. Hebrews says... Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Here, now I'm going to go in there too. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And listen, right here, stay here. It's hard, it's hard, but look to Jesus, right? Listen, there is a work before us, church. Listen, He's got a good work for us, and He is strengthening us and training us, and He's got this good work before us. Okay, come up, take a breath. Good job, guys. Good job. Take a seat. Shake it out. Shake it out and take a seat. There is a good work God has for us. And so um, I would argue that right now, not only were, was your legs a little strengthened today, or maybe you got a little stretch in there, not only was that, but maybe your faith and your will was just just a little bit picked, Right? And were you a little encouraged to go on, on this race that you have that is set before you? Maybe not. <laughs> um, but you know what? You showed up to that moment. You showed up with your whole self. And your will and your sense of purpose is being trained, even in that pain, even in that confusion. Why is Lord keeping us here? But you showed up. And I want to suggest why you showed up. Because you know whose you are. He said, "Who you are." We're resetting ourselves into this, right? You know who's you are, and you know what you're called to do, and it's coming, right? We got to do that, church, and we got to not be distracted, and 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 distracted from all the thing. We want to be right here, present with God, um, in our lives to do that work. So, thank you. Um, on the back of your sheet, the message, there's all the information that you need to to participate in that yoga. So, I'd love to have you all. Thank you.
0: check 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 thank you Laura um, why don't we stand um, if we can band why don't you come back up uh, Brandy and team we're going to close um, we want to invite you okay in, into into taking care of one of the first things God's given you to steward and, and so here's what here's what I don't want for you this morning okay because like the, the reason people don't talk about bodies at church is because then people are like oh, I feel guilty and ashamed and, and judged and condemned okay that's not God all right so like any sense of that doesn't come from the Lord, okay? The, the reason God invites you into it is because he's good. And the invitation of God for you this morning is to take a step into something that he has for your life so that you can experience a greater sense of the full life that Christ died for you to have, okay? And, and for, you to, for God to empower you um, as you care for yourself, to, for him to be empowering you for your witness in the world. And so here's how we're going to respond this morning, and maybe it seems out of sort, but we're going to respond with communion. And I actually think communion is the perfect response, because as we're uh, talking about loving God with all of our strength, we're simply responding to the one who loved us with all of his. And, And so as we talk even about loving God with our bodies, we're talking about a Savior who gave his for us. And so, so I want to invite you guys as we, as we do this last song together, I want to invite you to come and receive the elements. Uh, if you remember, if you uh, come uh, receive the elements up from the outside and uh, the outside aisles and, and enter back in through the, uh, the inside aisles, but, but go ahead and come and receive the elements and we are, I just want you to take it back to your seat. And I want you to hold those as we sing this last song together and then we'll take them uh, together, okay? Uh, let's just pray. Father, thank you. Uh, right now, this morning, for your word. Thank you for your presence. God, thank you for your love for us and your goodness. Uh, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Lord, Lord, we're here this morning, and we're standing upon your word because of who you are, because you're faithful, because you're true, because you love us and we can trust you. And so, God, I thank you that you invite us into experiencing uh, this a great measure of who you are. And Lord, you invite us into sharing in your work here on the earth. And God, I pray that for all of us this morning that we'd be encouraged by your spirit. Uh, Lord, that our hearts and our minds would be set upon you, even as Laura shared. God, that our eyes would be set on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God, that in everything we do, in every decision we make, God, in everything we're about, Lord, that we're starting from a place of looking to you, of asking of you. And so, Lord, even as we share now in this time of communion, God, I pray that you would remind us, Lord, of your love for us, that you would remind us, God, of the price that you paid, Lord, that we be reminded, God, that we can honor you with our bodies because you gave yours up for us first. And God, we just simply give back to you what you've given. You guys are welcome to come. As I said, just, just come, come take the elements, bring them back to your seat, and just just hold them as we, as we lift up this song in praise and worship together and then we'll receive the elements together.